But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray, the, the professionals, and it's an hour and a half where we'll talk about ticketing issues, uh, bore everyone to death, and I'm only joking, don't switch off, I'm not going to talk about tickets, um, I can see a few people going, eh, what, get that off, mm-hmm. um, no, we're going to talk about uh, Newcastle United for the next hour and a half, 90 minutes with the lads, um, and uh, yeah, it's not a post-mortem. Uh, this week it's a celebration. We've got three points back back on the saddle. Uh, suddenly all the doom mongers have gone back under the stone, and uh, we've got a week to look forward to. Of course, Milan on Tuesday, and then of course Sheffield United uh, next weekend. And uh, for those of you interested in what's going on at the moment, well, in the relegation battle uh, game earlier on, it was nil nil, Bournemouth Chelsea, and uh, we've got Everton Arsenal, uh, which is still ongoing. Uh, Arsenal have just took the lead, Trossard with a wonderful goal, um, but. Uh, Pretty dire game. Uh, Super Sunday, it has certainly not been. Uh, Jules, I see you in the chat. Uh, good to meet you and your other half earlier on. It was nice to catch up for an hour. So uh, good to see Jules up in Newcastle. Uh, Stu, where do we start then? Brentford came to St James's Park, tried to uh, inflict another defeat on Newcastle, which would have been four in a row and would have had everybody uh, crying into their beer. But uh, it wasn't the beef for Brentford and uh, Mr. Frank. It was a 1-0 win for Newcastle and Eddie's boys. Um, deserved win, I thought. Only just mind. Um, I don't think we did, I don't think we dominated the game far from it. But I think a 1-0 win was 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 the right result and uh, a fair result. Well, I think for the last hour we did dominate. We were by far the better side. The first 30 minutes there was a few scary incidents and it seemed like the confidence wasn't there. But I think as uh, Bruno grew into the game. That give the team confidence, uh, and we have to get used to teams like Brentford will come and try and sit and stifle us and play for the draw. The goalkeeper taking ages and ages and ages for goal kicks, and until we scored, then he was very quick at them. But I, I was pleased with the performance. They showed a lot of determination, and the the belief seemed to be there as well. And it was good that they, a lot of the players got ninety minutes from them instead of getting changes for the sake of changing so overall I was very very happy I was confident before the game started uh, as you know I always have 3-1 but I said to Mitch just before it started I says I've put 4-0 on as well because I really thought we'd get in early and get the first goal and then build on it but it wasn't to be but they, they kept the heads up which is really really important you know they, they could have just got frustrated and left gaps but they, they kept the shape and most importantly they had the belief to keep going and some very dodgy refereeing decisions as well. Uh, the penalty that was given, the one that wasn't to me, was more of a penalty than the one that we got. Uh, and I'm still confused of why the goal was disallowed as well um, for their goalkeeper making the rick. But hey-ho, three points. We're on the march again. We are. Happy birthday to Jules, by the way. Uh, she is celebrating today. And yeah, happy birthday. I think everybody in the chat will uh, jump on that as well. And uh, what a day to do it um, on the on, on that anniversary of a wonderful European night, of course, uh, at St. Yeah. James's Park in 1997 when Tino Asprey, a hat-trick, saw us beat uh, Barcelona. And then another little quirk, which we'll learn about Jules' birthday, um, 
It comes up for our birthday to Newcastle. That they haven't been able to get tickets for the games. Uh, so they come up, they just enjoy everything that Newcastle's got to offer. Uh, always find a, a bar to sit and watch it in. I think they went to the store uh, to watch it yesterday or whatever it's been renamed on Westcote Road. Had a great time. But the last three birthdays just come up has been Brentford at home each game. The 3-2, the 5-1 and the 1-0. All on the <laughs> same day on our birthday. Unbelievable. Straight Little quirk, yeah. So, uh, anyway, happy birthday, Jules. Hope you have a good night and a good day tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Mitch, 1-0, well-deserved. Yeah, and uh, for me, yesterday was about getting three points by any means. Um, so you take that box, it, it gets the uh, the wheels back on the wagon, as it were. And there's plenty of talking points come out of the game. You could talk about selection, you could talk about performances, you could talk about intensity or lack thereof for a little while. Um, certainly plenty to talk about VAR. Uh, you know, we, we got one penalty, we then didn't get another penalty when somebody's arm is clearly in an unnatural position unless you're non-verbal and exclusively communicate through the medium of expressive dance that's not a normal position to have your arm in i've got it i've got it hold on spenny sent me these earlier yeah and, and if you think dan Byrne got a penalty given against him for something very similar against spurs last year yeah and he's back to the ball he's not looking at the ball and you've got your arm in an unnatural position so, what's the difference? I don't see any difference there. So, unless somebody sneakily changed the rules again about what they are looking at, that I'm looking at two incidents which are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And so, why isn't that, you know, why shouldn't that be a penalty when the other one was given? Um, and then you look at the extra stoppage time and about six minutes of that nine was about Porson arguing with himself and VAR about whether it was a penalty or not. Um, nothing to do with us. And you've got their manager losing his bracket in the post-match conference. I mean, God, can you imagine his eyes staring at you through a letterbox? It would be really terrifying. He's like a bloody serial killer's eyes. Um, he played the ball boys, didn't he? Ah, he's had to go to the ball boys. He had to go to everybody. You know, and it's it, that's ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, there's plenty to talk about there. The, Wilson's goal being cancelled out for one of the weakest displays of goalkeeping I've seen in a long, long time. If our goalkeeper did anything like that, I'd be furious, absolutely furious, that he was expecting to get help from the referee. And he got the help he was expecting. He bottled that totally. That was just pathetic. It was weak. To say the least, I think I'm being kind calling it weak. Um, so, you know, all in all, it could have been a very different result as well. Uh, I think we handled their attacking threats reasonably well. Um, though Pope did have to, um, you know, he did have his hands warmed on a couple of occasions. But I think um, overall, yes, we deserved the three points. And, and as far as I'm concerned, um, that was the mission critical point of it. The, the performance really doesn't matter too much on the back of that. We've got the three points we deserved, and then there you go. And so we'll move on happily and go on to uh, pastures new in the Champions League again, which is sort of a wonderful thing to be looking forward to. Um, and we'll have to remind ourselves that. And I think well, the other thing that's come out again for me substitutions and lack thereof. 
probably shows a hint at what Eddie's thinking for Tuesday night. And I think some people would definitely be in fully rested and would have probably only been used in, a, in an emergency. Um, and so I think we're, we can probably start a piece of team together for Tuesday night. And uh, looking forward to it. Simone always asks, smile if you're live. Simone, we are live. And we are smiling because <laughs> we're one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but look, lots of questions coming in, lots of uh, points. Paul did message me this uh, earlier uh, today. He said, uh, question for the professionals. Do you think Eddie changed our style of play yesterday? We didn't seem to adopt the high press against Brentford. Or was I seeing things because of the five changes? I think it was a, I think it was a little bit of both, Stu. But I also then credit to Brentford, who, who came with a different game plan. I mean, after getting, you know, spanked 5-1 last year, then you know they certainly wouldn't want to go away from St James's Park with another hiding, um, and we'll have to remember they were in a good they were in a good run of form. You know, I think it was like I think we mentioned on the show on Friday that they'd they'd won five of the last six games at the end of last season. I think they'd drawn three and won one at the start of this season, so they're not on a bad run. Um, so you know they, they came with a completely different mindset, and they've had to reinvent their game because Ivan Tony's sitting, you know, idly doing nothing. Um, so you know, a little bit of credit to Brentford, but. I've got to be honest as well, if you were Eddie Howe yesterday, you must have been thinking, do everything not to lose this game, you know, and, and you know, and, and you know, make sure that we we keep a clean sheet. And, and, and they got what they, they got what they, they wanted in the end. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, yesterday, the start of the game, cautious. And they were more feared of losing the game than actually going to win it initially. Uh, and that you can tell that in the confidence, but that grew during the, the game. So the apprehension seemed to disappear. There was one incident in the first half where we were looking at a press and we had three people doing the press from one of their goal kicks. And then, and I pointed out to you, if you remember, Sean Longstaff ran, ran about 40 yards to, to close one of the, uh, the outlets that the keeper had. So then the keeper had to kick it and we won the ball back and that put us straight back in there. Uh, and little things like that sometimes go unnoticed and and don't get mentioned enough, you know. So, and it was credit where Longstaff just thought, you know what is, if he gets there, they're going to turn, they'll be facing us and they're running at us. And they were, I, I, I think we were just that bit frightened because of the way the results had went. And taking it, taking it yesterday, it built up and built up and built up. And you could even hear it in the crowd. Now, unfortunately for, for us two, uh, and the fantastic company that we were in, we were blessed with the Jim Beglin commentary. And he, he started talking about the handball. He's the most biased. He's, he, honestly, you'd think he was a macker, wouldn't you, with his, the, some of the stuff he comes out with against Newcastle. But he went for the handball. His answer for why it wasn't a penalty was, well, it hardly hit his hand. So I didn't realise there had to be a certain speed or velocity of the ball hitting the arm for it to not be given or given. You know, it doesn't matter. So he's admitted it's hit his, hit his arm, and then he's just but it, 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 it barely touched it. It doesn't matter. It touched it. It was a penalty. So there was loads of things like that. But getting back to the original point, yes, the the press I thought got better as the game went on, and people were getting more used to the to their particular rules. Uh, Gordon on the right, he in particular grew into the game, uh, and again was still non-stop running at the end uh, in flashes. I thought uh, Elliot Anderson played really well. Uh, and for me, I thought Bruno was our man of the match. He, he started, he, you could see he had that top skip and he's stepping everything else. Uh, and he was trying to dictate play. 
although he did look rather angry over one incident. Uh, <laughs> if, if you recall that, he looked really, really unhappy about something. And but going out, go along with it. I'm, I'm really happy that we got the win. Uh, and now I think we're going to Tuesday full of confidence. And as Mitch alluded to there, uh, I think for me it's quite clear certain people will start because they're on the bench who we normally have in the first 11 and they didn't come on at all. Isaac being one of them. And I think he replaced Wilson. And that's why he stayed on the full game. I can't expect Wilson to put a shift in like that two games in three days. So I think it's best to rest them and bring them back for next week. But my thoughts. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, it, I, I think it was just a, a, an accumulation of a few things, Mitch, wasn't it? I mean, there was five changes, first of all, but again, Brentford did, you know, Brentford came with a game plan to, to, to stifle us a little bit, and I think, yeah, I, I, I don't think we've lost the high press and the intensity, I just think it's horses for courses. I think we were a little more tentative in the first half, and mm. some of that may be a confidence issue too, you know, uh, it grew into the game. Was, that was clear. The longer the game went on, the better we got about, and the more intensity came out. Um, I think that that was pretty clear to me as well. Um, I think proven quite rightly, as I just said there in the chat, proven that we can win we're making changes. It it gives the whole squad a boost. It means everybody knows that they're going to get. I see everybody, you know, complaining about not making enough substitutions and why we spent money on this one and why we spent money on that one. We're five games into a season where we could potentially play 50 games. <laughs> and so I think that's why we spent money on this one and that one. And you're going to see more rotation as the season goes on. Um, I think what Eddie would like to see is that anything any 11 that he puts out can play in the same kind of way so people can uh, chop and change and slot in and slot out without too much disruption to the functionality of the team. Um, and so whilst everyone is still getting used to that, we're only five games into that this new season, which um, I think we've got plenty of time still. I think... Uh, we're around about where we were at the same time last season and look at how the season finished. And so, you know, I think with everybody pushing the panic button after three or four games, I get it because we're, we, we, we deserve to have had more out of some of the games we didn't get anything out of. Um, but, you know, three points was what it was all about. And as Stu rightly says, it's clear a couple of people are definitely going to be straight in and fresh for Tuesday. And I think that's quite important too. Um, let's remember Milan got a humping in that in that derby at the weekend. Um, they're going to be... It'll be interesting to see what their reaction is. Are they going to react to us and come out swinging? Or are they going to be... Um, you know, still down on the look and wounded and licking their wounds in the corner. If, for me, it would be nice to go there with a little bit of swagger, with a team full of confidence and fresh, and stick one up them, Captain. You know, I, th I think that that for me would be the attitude. Is um, hopefully when they analyse the game against Inter, they can see where some of those weaknesses were, and maybe we're just the team to exploit some of those weaknesses. 
Okay. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on the game, but I know there's a couple of questions coming in from from different people about different things. So we'll we'll cover them, and then we can start looking ahead to to Milan. Um, where do I go with this one, Councillor Spenny? Good evening, Spenny. He says, "A question for the panel: Do you think Barnes and Anderson took their chance yesterday? I don't think they did. I think Tenali will be playing Tuesday, and Isaac relaxing Barnes, uh, relaxing Barnes evening, everyone. Uh, I mean." I don't think Anderson particularly fared well in the formation. Um, I wouldn't say he didn't take his chance. I think, I think as Stu's already mentioned, I think um, Longstaff didn't get any credit off anybody. Yet he he basically did what Eddie Howe knows he can do. He he does the dirty work. He he, he runs his heart into the ground. He had an absolute blinder yesterday for me, uh, Longstaff, and didn't even get mentioned in dispatches on social media. I thought Gordon. Was was probably the be- better of the two between him and Barnes yesterday, but I thought Barnes had a good game as well. And I also thought we saw a better Bruno yesterday. I thought Bruno, I thought Bruno did well. So I don't have any, I don't really have a criticism of the midfield. I, I think, I think Gordon. It, it does look, a little, it looked lopsided because we're not used to seeing Gordon play where he played. But I just thought it showed the guy, the guy's that talented. He can play anywhere. He can play up front. He can play through. He can play behind the front. A front two, he could play on the right, he can play on the left, probably play centre half. Gordon, he's he's that good a player. Um, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick fault. Um, I just felt with Anderson, I was pleased to see him get a full game, more or less under his under his belt for the first team, and he learned more from that game than he learned from any other now. Um, and and it was great, and and that's the way it's got to be for the rest of the season. Anderson's going to get plenty of opportunities, and he in and one one game he'll take them. But it wasn't that kind of game where you're going to see Anderson, you know, get 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 a couple of goals and 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 you know put himself into the into the you know the two record books. I think it was just a good team performance. Stu, well, I think watching Anderson yesterday, and of course with the Scotland thing, I've got a more yeah, of a, yeah. well, and you know what? What I was pleased with him for, he was always demanding the ball, always looking for space, always wanting the ball. He, he wasn't overrode. He, he was on that pitch believing in himself that I'm good enough to be on this pitch. Uh, but I think sometimes when you have a, a raw natural talent like that, they can be suppressed because they're scared of making that mistake initially. Um, you know, he's normally a flair, isn't he? He can take people on and he's got the, the eye for a defence split and pass. But again, it's just doing the simple things. And that I think that's how we started the game off, as I said, with apprehension and caution. And it, and it took a while for, especially when Brentford had a few attacks as well, and a few yeah misses and close shaves, etc. We started thinking, right, this is where I honestly think the crowd played a big part as well. They stayed with them, they stayed yeah. with the team, uh, yeah. and the team bonded. Uh, and t- together, I'll take a scruffy one nil to get the the losses off the back. And it's games like that. it's a sign of a good team, isn't it? Yes, we would have loved to go and win 4 0 in swashbuckling football that we know they can play. But at the minute, I think Mitch said at the start there was take three points any which way we could get it. Uh, and that's how we did. And even at the end, when uh, Wilson was having the ball in the corner, we had Jim Beglin saying, This time wasting, it's terrible. But when Harland was doing it for Man City against us, it was great man management. What a player. There he is. Same commentator about exactly yeah. You know, so it's like, I, we have to get that siege mentality back. And I, and I think you could see yesterday, 
that they, they had it hidden. And when we had the benefit, I know there was at the game didn't, but we had the benefit of a close-up of Wilson uh, before the penalty. And he, he, you could see, not, not only was he focused, but he was visualising him scoring. And I, and I think that's got to be some things that's going on behind the scenes, you know, where they have the like the sports psychologists and stuff like that. You could see him uh, visualising, and then he had a little grunt himself, and he put it exactly where he wanted to. And and then you can see the the relief was palpable on Eddie Howe's face as well, because he doesn't normally show emotion. Uh, but you, when that ball went in, he was like, great. I mean, I, I'm still unsure if that penalty had been given against us. Like, I think we might have been starting today a bit different. We've already discussed the other, other one that was disallowed should have been a penalty. So I, I'm, I, I can't be unhappy the fact that we've got three points. And yes, we weren't fantastic say, spreading them about and scoring goals for fun. But it showed a different sight. This Newcastle showed a resilience and it shows a determination and that they were willing to fight for each other as well. So more of the same. And if we win the next three games 1-0, I think everyone's going to be happy. You know, we, we can't all win every game, 3-1, 4-0, whatever. So, take the one nils when they come. And something that's not been mentioned yet, we had a clean sheet. It's been a while since we had one of those. Yeah, I, I mean, that, I, I made it at the top of the show, just saying it, that was the most important thing. I think we'd had two since February for go, going into that game. Um, so, to, so, to get a clean sheet will have done Nick Pope's confidence the world of good, because, again, he got a bit of stick after the Brighton game. <laughs> Um, on social media, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the clean sheet was very, very important, especially going into the game against Milan. Um, but what, what was your thoughts on on the midfield performances? Because you know, the tone of Spenny's question was he didn't he didn't feel that some of those players took that chance. And in particular, if Anderson's guilty of anything, I think he was trying too hard. Yeah, I think at times he really wanted the he was trying to force things to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's maybe if he's if that's a fault, then that's what he was doing for me. Um, and maybe he's, as time goes on and he gets more used to being in the first team, you relax a little bit and not try it so hard. There's a couple of good things we picked up on in the second half, uh, particularly when he was matched up against Hickey. Uh, you could tell he played against him in training all the way through the Scotland setup. He seemed to know how to upset him. He seemed to know how to rattle him. He seemed to know how to hustle him and hassle him on the ball. Um, yeah, and and so you know that's that's a sign of a, a footballer who's got a bit of intelligence about him, you know. Um, and I think you know, give him his due. As he as he gets used to first team games, he'll come more and more into his own. I'm quite sure of that. Bonds for me is all hustle and bustle. And some days it'll look brilliant and some days it'll not necessarily always pay off. I think yesterday was one of those ones where it hasn't necessarily paid off to the same level. But I think if you you see the work he gets through and the effort he puts in and he regularly pins the fullback, years back, um, I think he'll have more good days than bad days. And I don't think yesterday was a bad day as such. It just just wasn't special. You know, well, that isn't going to happen every week. Uh, no. If you're going to look at individuals, that's that's how it was. That roll the sleeves and get it done. Yeah, to a man, the it, old battles, and they got the job done. And that 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 was the mission critical thing yesterday. Three points at all costs, and that's you know see what comes out of the mixer at the end. I think it it, it is rightly is put to in a far better frame of mind across the board, top to bottom in the club and within the fan base, looking ahead to Tuesday night. And so. um 
and those players will get more chances. We'll need everybody as the game goes on. Because like I say, there's a potential if we do well in all cup cup competitions we're in, we could be seeing 50 games this season. And the amount of games we played last season stretched our squad far enough. And we haven't really made um, a massive amount of additions to stretch the game a little further forward, you know? So I think I think we we'll have to think about that. Um, and that everybody's going to get their turn, everybody's going to get their chance, and we're going to need everybody somewhere down the line. Um, and that's what we're going to get used to, was the rotation and back in the rotation and back in the changes and not getting upset when your favourite player is taken out the lineup because he needs a rest or he's injured or what have you. Um, and I think everybody, it, it, it's getting used to new mindsets. I was talking yesterday to a good friend out here, John, and he had his little in with him, and the little in was a little bit disappointed because the little in is of the age where he's, he's had his, his first full season last season watching the town. And he thinks, you know, he's used to winning. He's used to seeing, you know, playing with style and Manash and humping teams. God, I wish that was my childhood. Um, and and I, had, I had a little chat with the, with the little one yesterday. And I said, when I said, look, it, I says, it's a mindset. Don't worry about it. We're, we're going to get there. You take the three points where you can. You're going to see a lot more good days than not so good days and enjoy every bloody minute. We've got a great game to look forward to in midweek. Um, and as a fan base, kind of, we have to learn to have that big club mentality. You know, would you say fans of Liverpool and Man United whinging on about certain things? The Man United fans are too busy whinging on about owners who spend billions of pounds. And Liverpool fans are too busy whinging along with their manager about anything and everything and absolutely everything, including the wind, the way the wind's blown and what colour somebody's socks are. And so, you know, um, I think we have to learn that sort of, almost that little bit of arrogance that we expect to take three points, but we take three points as they come because we knew we were always going to do it anyway. Um, and that, that takes a big mindset change for us. We've been talking about it last season, about as a fan base, we have to go through certain mindset changes. As the club grows, we're growing quickly, we're growing globally quickly. Um, and there are so many things as support as we have to absorb at the minute. Um, and I keep going back to absorb the bloody lovely things like trips to Milan um, and get used to it because there's going to be more of them. Yep. Uh, Arsenal have won 1-0 uh, at Everton. Everton claim back into the bottom three where they belong. And uh, yeah, it's uh, another another uh, bit of commentary there. I didn't hear it, but I did see... Uh, I did see what was going on there. I did see the um, the time wasting by Arsenal in the corner. And as, as Chantel's just pointed out, Arsenal doing what Wilson did in the corner. And the commentator said it's good play from Arsenal. Yeah, but this is what we're. I, I watched yeah. the Brentford game again uh, last night. Alan Smith's a, a nightmare for Newcastle. They had Shea given in the studio. They had Alan Smith commentating, and Alan Smith's the same. Can't stand. You can tell there's this overly biased attitude towards whoever Newcastle are playing. And whenever there's a decision made, it's always, well, you know, that's wrong. But if it's against Newcastle, yeah, well, that's the right thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the way it should be. So it's, it's, it's not Steve, unusual. We've said this a couple of times. When we're on the commentary provided to the Middle East, your heart sinks when you realise the co-commentator is Jim Beglin. Because he, I don't know whether his missus has ran off with a Geordie. Um, I had to double-check, did he badly break his leg? It's in James's Park or something like that, you know. Because he's, he's, the bitterness is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. that He was almost willing Brentford to score 
yesterday. He had the desperation in his voice. Um, it, it was bizarre, and it, and it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. Last season was bad enough, and this season looks like it's going to be just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting to see the league table though. Newcastle back down into uh, 11th place, but uh, early days. I'm sure they'll climb the table over the next uh, over the next couple of weeks. Empty seats, um, not quite ticketing, lads. Uh, but empty seats, yeah. There, there was there was a few people posting photographs on on social media. I seen a bit of a little bit of uh, a little bit of anger going backwards and forwards. Just seen the tweet about empty seats yesterday. With so many wanting uh, to go, what can be done about this? Says David and Tom Dixon. Says, what's your thoughts on empty seats at the game yesterday? Um, I, I mean, I'd, I've got to be honest. I, I didn't see. I didn't see empty seats. But where where you depends where you sit in the ground is where where you'll see them. Apparently, it was in the director's box, Stu. Um, is that because it, yeah, he's, he's gone? You've, you're on mute, Stu, for some reason. I can't hear you. I'm on mute. Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. Well, yeah, I, I don't know whether you were just miming there or whatever, but it, I, yeah, I couldn't hear you. Don't your, your, your volume keeps going off. It shouldn't do. All right, I can hear you now. So go on. Empty seats in the corporate. Well, there was empty seats in the Brentford end, so that would have brought the attendance down. But the, the corporate, I think those seats count for the attendance anyway, irrespective if the if they're taken or not. I think they're already allocated. But the, it, it does beg a bigger question when our people are unlucky in a ballot and then you see sections of empty seats. That's what I, I needs to me needs explaining. You know, if you've, and it's not just one or two people going for a, a, a pint or something 10 minutes before half time. There's blocks of them, isn't it? There's like rows of 10 or 20 in certain blocks that have been obviously set aside for people. Now, those tickets may have already been purchased. They could have been, I don't know, like Andre, for example, a Bulgarian supporters club bringing 20 people and they never made it because of the kickoff teams or whatever. Um, but if the seats are empty, then to me, it's it's, it's wrong, especially the, the demand for people getting there. And every week we hear the, or we we'll read about how someone's been unlucky in a ballot again. Put them on general sale. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they donate to make more money, if they know there's going to be surplus tickets, put them on general sale. Go in the ground before twelve o'clock or whatever it is. You've got nine till twelve. Queue up in the, as they did in the old days, and you'd fill the ground up no problem. So sometimes it could be a case of cutting the nose to spite the face. Yeah, just empty seats in the corporate. Spenny as well. He asked a question earlier about the England score. England beat Scotland 3-1, Spenny. But if you had proper Wi-Fi in the Mackham village you lived in, you'd know that. Whee! I'm waiting for the bite now. I'm waiting for the bite. Um, yeah, I mean, empty seats in the corporate. And, and there were tickets on sale yesterday, Mitch. And I, I got a text off somebody who I know um, the tickets were genuine. There was multiple tickets available in the Gallagher and the Leases on Friday. Um, it, I, I heard somebody was, well, there was somebody flogging them for over 80 quid. Where those tickets have come from, I've got no idea. In a game, we've seen them on all these sites, but they do, the club just need to come out and get this get this nip in the bud, don't they, really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an additional frustration at a time and a place we don't need it. Yeah. It, that's the bottom line. Um, 
I could understand them to see it's based simply on the change of the kickoff time. You know, we know the, the inconvenience for Andre and, and the Bulgarian lads because they had flights booked that I think got them in at what, 20 minutes before kickoff or something like that? Yeah. You know, so um, there may have been, say, for example, if there's, a, there's another overseas supporters club that had multiple tickets booked, I know there was talk about them, um, either the Danish or the Norwegian lads were getting first dibs at, at trying a, a group booking from overseas. But if that was all changed late on and people's travel plans were knackered, then that's not going to go ahead. Um, it's. Oh, I've also seen chat that some people with season tickets who, again, couldn't attend because of the change of the kickoff time um, aren't really sure how to pass that ticket on anymore and aren't sure how it's resold or aren't sure how they can give it to family and friends. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who might need help and clarity with that a little bit. Um, and it would be great. I know they probably don't have the manpower to have somebody to do something like that straight away. But that's something I think they should be looking at is putting somebody installed at the ticket office to genuinely assist people um, who aren't sure about what they kind of kind of do with the digital ticket and how they pass do and don't pass it on or how it is or isn't resold? It's all very well, you know. Those of us who are tech savvy and are not, aren't necessarily luddites, it's you know being holier than thou. So, you know, it's very simple. You just do this. You just do that. Yeah, but you know, there are a lot of people who aren't that tech savvy and who need a little bit of a, a bit of a hand. And, and so there's all of these things going on and all of these things will contribute to empty, empty seats in the ground. I'm quite sure of that. Um, and it will get better as the season goes on, like the situation in the ways will get better as the season goes on. Um, and so, you know, I, I think this is something whereby um, uh, you know, the, the, that people get the help they need to understand how to do things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's all it is. I think, um, you know, it's a small amount, but yeah, they do, they just, the ticket, the ticketing thing is always going to rear its head. So, um, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go on about it tonight, but, um, you know, if you do have issues and you want to bring it up, we will always discuss it. So that's ticket uh, for tonight. Anyway, you can't second guess who's not going to turn up. Uh, how can you resell seats that are already sold? It's a good point, Neil, but we're not going to drag tickets on tonight. Go on, Stu. There could be a bit of because this, the way it's been done and the way it's been lack, well, there's a lack of communication. There's something that we've referred to quite a lot that there's a fear of people not knowing what to do or if, if they do something, are they going to lose the ticket and they might lose the season ticket? You know, it's, the story gets developed, doesn't it? If you do this, that'll happen. And if you do that and you'd give your ticket to someone else who could go, no, but I'll lose my ticket. And the, the clarity or help there, you know, but if there was like five or six different areas where you, you've got one or two empty seats, you take that and think, hey, it's fair enough. The game's changed times. People might have to start work or, the, you know, they've got to like, look after their bends or something. There's... But there's so many other could be going to like a wedding party or something like that. That's if it was a three o'clock kickoff, they could make it. Five thirty, they couldn't. But when you see blocks of tickets, it's it gives the impression that they hadn't been sold or they were held back for something else. That's all. 
But I, I think a lot of it could be people, if they know they're not good in the past, they, mate, there you go, there's me season ticket, just bring it, bring the card back. But now they're scared of passing it on in case they lose that season ticket. And, and, and that's the thing that's where I got the word out from. People are, are worried about, it's the fear of loss thing that makes people take these decisions, I think. I'd rather not give the ticket to anyone in case I lose it, so the seat will sit empty. Okay, um, Donald asks a question. He says, question, with Joe Linton maybe out for a while, obviously we heard the news uh, over the weekend that um, he's going to be laid off for a few weeks. Uh, it's not too serious, but it is a reoccurrence of his knee injury. Uh, should Anderson be moulded into the box-to-box position like J7? Stu? Well, yeah, he's, he's capable of doing it for sure. And if we're having these three in the, in the midfield, and you need to- and say don't yeah and if they're going to play Tenali on the left hand side you've got a right foot on the left hand side is he willing to do the graph backwards and forwards to cover the, the same sort of yards that uh, Anderson's willing to do so if he's going to get a run the team you've got to look at that if that's the position he's earmarked for no you've got a you've got a team of 11 then you get the next 11 who can replace them if he's the replacement for the left side midfielder and then you start putting Square pegs in round holes, you'll just destroy the lad's confidence. Anybody think, well, what's the point? Yeah. That's my person who's meant to be playing it. Joe Linton's not there, so I get the I get the nod. If he has two or three games on the bounce and he has two or three stinkers, then he can't blame anyone but himself. But what you don't want is behind the scenes him thinking, well, look, even when the person who's in front of me isn't playing, I'm still not playing. Then you've got to start questioning, should I go somewhere else for me for my career? So I, I would give him a run in and throw him into something like the San Siro. I think he would thrive on it, mate. Uh, if you looked at him in the big stadiums in, in America in pre-season, I know it's pre-season, but they'll play Premier League teams. And I've, got, I've got no qualms of playing Anderson on, on Tuesday night. Uh, and I think you'll come on for the experiences as well. Uh, we can only benefit by playing him. What's your thoughts on that, Mitch? Um, you know, on, on Anderson potentially, you know, being you know pushed into that Joe Linton role. Do you think we'll see more of that? Don't see why not. He came back pre-season um, looking very fit, looking like he put a few extra kgs on in the right way, um, and he could use that very much in the way that Joe Linton does. And he's got an opportunity to carve a role and a place in that midfield for himself where he will and Joe Linton are out of the equation. And Eddie very much is the kind of person who will, you know, give somebody the respect of they've earned the position and stick with them. He doesn't chop and change often. Some would say maybe he's to a fault. Um, but he's got an opportunity. It's a great opportunity and I'd back it all the way. I'd, I'd be delighted for him to say, right, this is my chance. I want this shirt on a regular basis. Try and remove me from this team. And and we're going to only just encourage that. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd love to see Anderson, you know, really make a... Uh, make a go of it at Newcastle. I think he's, um, you know, he's, he's worked hard. He's got to this position. Now he's got to kick on and, and do the next thing. And yeah, lots of people saying, when's Willock due back? Well, it's not October, but but ultimately if Willock comes back in, suddenly it changes the dimension again. You'd say Willock's probably one of Howe's blue chip players and it's another person that's hooking into this midfield conundrum. So 
the main thing is it's competition for places and everybody yeah. knows in that midfield that they've got somebody breathing down their neck for their position. And that can only be a positive thing for Newcastle. Eddie's just got to find the right recipe in each game. And that's where squad rotation comes in. Man City do it. Who wouldn't? Who on earth would have said after the Man City game against Newcastle, where Phil Foden was head and shoulders above anybody else on that pitch, completely dominated that game from start to finish? Who would have said the following week he would have been on the bench? Yeah. That's where that's where Newcastle. We've got to get used to that. We've got to get used to the fact that Bruno could have an absolute barnstormer <coughs> and, and and get get two goals and two assists in a game. And the following week he's on the bench, and that's what. That's what good teams do. Um, that's you know because you've got you've yeah. got that level of player. So Newcastle fans, you're going to have to get used to it. I'm, I'm afraid it's not all about having the same eleven playing every week. It, it doesn't work, especially when Mitch has said it twice already tonight. You could end up playing fifty games in a season, which is ideally what you want to do because that means you've had a successful season. Okay, uh, we are halfway through the show, uh, so we will let the lads go for a quick break. Here's the ads. Big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephone 01768 210 102. A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 4174 Email info at com, and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Don't forget, we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket. Win a limited edition, signed Alan Shearer Ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. And just a shameless plug uh, for the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. I'm into my fourth week doing this, unbelievably. And um, I am at this moment in time 
seven o'clock until nine o'clock, uh, working with a Middlesbrough fan, Ryan, uh, who is based in Australia, and Maka, uh, the Sunderland fan, uh, who lives in Durham. And uh, I cover the Newcastle, uh, the Newcastle section as well. It's been a lot of fun, but we're in week four. Uh, big thanks to Dunnell, who's uh, obviously a regular in the chat. Uh, he's been uh, taking part in some of the quizzes and stuff that's been going on. But it's been very enjoyable. It is on DAB Radio, DAB Radio Smart Speakers, uh, and it's online as well. All you need to do is search Tune, the Tune Radio, and you'll be able to find it on there. You can also tune in. If, if the, the system's down on that, you can tune in the Red Radio or the Cat Radio, and you'll get exactly the same program between 7 and 9. But it is good banner. It is good crack. It's going to be even better tomorrow because obviously Newcastle United have won. Uh, Middlesbrough got beat again, uh, but the Mackhams won. So the, the Macker will be, uh, he'll be cocker hoop. But we don't just talk about the Northeast football scene, we talk about anything that's in the football news. So please give us a, a follow and uh, give us a join. And if you can and you're on your way to work or you're getting up and getting the kids ready, have it on the background. It is a good laugh. And don't forget as well, we have got the uh, the Kieran Trippier print. And I've forgotten to pub- publicize this all, all week last week. Um, 38 tickets have gone, so there's 61 left. If anybody wants to, uh, if anybody wants to have a go at this, it's a pound to enter. Get yourself on nufcmatters.com. You could win a signed Kieran Trippier print. It's a nice glossy photo. Uh, so you've got to be in it to win it, folks. Uh, get yourself on the website uh, to uh, have a go uh, with, with that today. Uh, and John has also created some wonderful new T-shirts. Uh, I'll give them a plug tomorrow. But they're uh, have you ever seen a Macam in Milan T-shirts? Get yourself on there. And I know there's another one incoming. Uh, somebody, I think it was Paul Burdis, inboxed us and said, you've got to make get John to make a T-shirt. Uh, it was um, Callum Wilson's line yesterday, uh, pressures for tyres. Uh, pressures only for tyres, he said yesterday. So I think he's going to knock up a T-shirt for that, uh, which will be another one to add to the range. And speaking about Callum Wilson, uh, penalties. Um Sometimes Newcastle United have been absolutely rank useless. Haven't had a great penalty taker. We've had some great ones, of course. Alan Shearer, um, straight down the middle. Uh, Nobby Solano was pretty good. Didn't didn't you know? Didn't bend under pressure. Uh, but Callum Wilson um, nicked this off Sky uh, earlier this morning. Not a bad strike rate, that lads. Not a bad strike rate at all. Ninety three point eight percent. Only Matt Letizia, Danny Murphy, and James Beatty ahead of him. Um, as far as percentage uh, for penalties, 15-plus penalties. Uh, that's that's some going, isn't it, Stu? Because it is a pressure. Because you think, as a footballer, you're getting paid all that money, you're a centre-forward, you hit the back of the net on a regular basis, that's what you get paid for. Hitting the, hitting the ball from the penalty spot should be the easiest thing in the world, shouldn't it? But it, it makes some men crumble. Yeah, it does. But this is what I talked about just before there. They had a close-up on Wilson. And you could see that he was visualising how he was going to put the ball in the net and exactly where he was going to place it. And and he, he just turned out uh, as if he was, there was no crowd there whatsoever. But he's uh, when they had the club, and it was last season, I think, Mitch, wasn't it? They had the competition to see who would take the penalties and Chris Wood, would it? Uh, right. And he scored some fantastic penalties, always in the top left corner. Uh, that, that's where he put them. So, But Wilson, if he misses one... I don't think that would bother him either because he, he's that he's got that much belief in his own ability that if we've got a penalty two minutes later, he picked the ball up and won it again. And I know uh, yesterday someone said, oh, Wilson's going to take it, someone wants it, and Mitch went, good luck trying to get the ball off him. And that's what you want. 
20 for nine saying I'm taking this uh, and that's it. There was no debate about it. He's he's on that pitch to score goals and, and for him it's it's a shoo-in. It's a great opportunity to score goals and he and he's he took it really, really well. Yeah. And as long as we keep getting penalties and, and he's on the pitch, I'm more than happy for him to take him. Low of averages says eventually you miss one, but hopefully it's when we're four 0 up, not when we're one nil down or it's one each for two. But no, I thought he he put he put it away very well, and he, he's confident, isn't he? Yeah, interesting, wasn't it? To be honest, um, it's just to see the, the the camera focused on him, and um, yeah, I mean that's the kind of person, isn't it, that you want to take a penalty. It's all about confidence, isn't it? And I think that's the one thing those four names you put on the screen. They're all people who are very confident in themselves. You know, uh, even of late, Matthew Letizia is confident enough to spout all kinds of rubbish. Uh, and Danny Murphy's confident enough to spout all kinds of bollocks on the radio as well about football and doesn't really care about what anybody else says about them. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, confidence in your own ability. Um, and on the spot like that, in front of 50,000, um, it's... It sounds easy, but yeah. the amount of players who can't and the amount of players who shirk taking penalties. Um, and like I said to Stu yesterday, try and get the ball off him, you'd have no skin left on your hands. I think you'd, uh, <laughs> I think you'd, you'd fight your tooth and nail for it, and that's exactly what you want. Yeah, I saw that, Dave. He says, I thought it was funny. Trips was holding the ball to try tricking Brentford. We started singing, hey, Callum Wilson, and went, uh, me went right to Wilson. Yeah, it's a bit of, yeah, a bit of game management. Brentford did a bit of that yesterday, mind, as well, to be to be perfectly honest. Who else can take a penalty? I think Tonali would be a good penalty taker. I'd like to see him take a few free kicks when he's on the pitch, Tom, um, because I remember at the start of the season, we were told how good Tonali was with free kicks, and he'd be probably having a variety, but uh, Trippier seems to be still taking the majority. And I mean... It was a, there was a few scuffed opportunities yesterday. I know Tonali wasn't playing, but it would be nice to see a little bit of variety. Although I do think, uh, to be honest, there's been there's been a little bit more originality with corners. We seem to be trying different things with corners. There is definitely a change, but with free kicks, it seems to be left to, to you know the Trippier. And I'm not complaining, but at the end of the day, it would be nice to. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to you know to see some variety on the free kicks. Ah, yes, Chippers, I thought you would bring this up. Can I ask Stu uh, why he thinks I look like John Parrott? Well, I'm looking like really, wasn't it? It's because you look like... So, there's a few more to come, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's put his head above the parrot pit now, hasn't he? So, yeah. um, question for the lads from Ian, who will be on the fans forum tomorrow night. He says, what do you think of the criticism from a section of the fan base about Bruno's performance yesterday? Personally, I don't think they understand football because he ran the game. I'm Jim? with Ian. I'm with Ian. I, I, I thought he, he grew into the game and he started dictating the play. And when you have Bruno demanding the ball and wanting the ball and then starts passing it and starts showing it, it's, it's like the... You don't want to say Bruno Vold because he's only been here for like a season and a half, but like in the, the first half of last season. Uh, but you have to understand, most teams know that our momentum goes through him, and he gets a lot more marks now than than he used to get. You know, so they think if you stop Bruno, you stop Newcastle. But he was instead of just walking around on in his like twenty meter square, he was darting about looking for the ball, one touch, take it, look again. And and that, to me, I, I thought that was his best game he's had for about six months for us. 
I was really, really happy with his performance yesterday. Yeah, um, I love this show from Ferry Hill Mags. Uh, it says, Tonali over the wall against Milan. You heard it here first. Yeah, that would be good. Get worth, a daft, of, yeah, <laughs> worth a daft couple of quid. Uh, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, the Bruno criticism has been something that's dominated dominated social media for the last few weeks, but I thought he looked back to his best yesterday. And, I, and, and I'm not going to say that because Tonali wasn't playing. I just, he just, you know, he's, you know, footballers can have ups and downs, you know. Look look at what's happened with Charleston at uh, Tottenham. Goes to see a psychiatrist and he scores a wonderful goal yesterday and puts an assist in. I mean, footballers have ups and downs. They're just the same as us. They're humans at the end of the day, Mitch. And I think we're in a world of everybody's super interested in stats and analysis and you, everybody wants to FIFA or championship manager everything. Um, at the end of the day, we'll win as a team and we'll lose as a team. Yep. And that's the way I try to keep looking at it. And within that team, some will perform well and some will not perform so well. And you give criticism where it's due. Um, I saw some people criticising Burn again yesterday. Yet for me, there was a header later on that he won. That because of his size, he won it. Most left backs in the league would never have got anywhere near that. And so you take your swings and roundabouts. Let's just look at the the overall performances, and the only thing that matters is taking three points. And most of the time, professional footballers, form is temporary, class is permanent. All the eulogising you can, you can think of, all all these things about the cream always rising, and it's very true. Um, Bruno, along with the team, set himself and us a very high bar last season. Um, you also have to bear in mind, of all the players who were away for internationals, um, he was the one that was in that starting lineup. Um potentially, you know, what travelling through the night from South America does to your body clock, etc. Um, you have to bear all that in mind too. You know, it's if if it's a good enough excuse for someone like Klopp to use it, I think we should be allowed to use it. Um, but for, as far as Bruno's concerned, my only, my only problem is, is when he starts to get frustrated with himself and he starts putting silly challenges in. That's when I get worried about Bruno. And there was only one, probably five-minute period where he had a very big scowl on his face. <laughs> um, and you think, oh, here we go. And that's the only only thing I worry about with him. Everything else, he always gives 100%, even when he's not firing on all cylinders. And you can't ask anything more from any player. Okay, uh, lots of other questions coming in. Uh, Ian uh, just wants to make this point. He says, last time we got a hard-fought 1-0 win was a certain Leeds away game from home a couple of years ago. Then we went on an unbeaten run, onwards and upwards. Mark says, uh, thought there was a lot of negativity yesterday. I felt the expectation levels were up hugely as well. Brentford are a decent side and we made changes. The win was the most important thing. I think Ferry Hill, Ferry Hill Mark says, by far Bruno's best game for a long time. It's worth reminding everybody that Brentford aren't a pushover. Yeah, it's worth not. reminding everybody, like you did, about that form from the end of last season going into this season. Mm-hmm. They beat Spurs home and away last season. They're no mugs. They're, they played nice football on their day. Yep. They're reasonably well organised. 
Mind you, I, I would do anything that that manager told us because I would worry about waking up with a horse's head in my bed the next morning. Uh, <laughs> just just a little bit too psycho for me. But at the same time, you know, they, they, they are well drilled, they know their rules, and they put good shifts in themselves. That what they are sometimes prone to and what they did less of yesterday for me are errors. We absolutely hassled them into errors when we stuffed five past them last season. Um, and they cut that out of their game and cutting that out of their game made them a, a different prospect. So, you know, I think uh, it's it's worth reminding ourselves that it's not... Um, you, you can't just say, oh yeah, Brentford at home, that should be a rollover win. No. Not in the modern Premier League. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. And let's remember, you know, those people who were going mental about uh, Brighton beating us 3-1, look at what they did yesterday. Went to Manchester yeah. United again, completely dominated the game, outplayed them and beat them 3-1 in their own in their own stadium. So there we go. Very Hill Mark says, Shearer hit the nail on the head on match of the day. The result was all that matters, not the performance. It was a big three points. I think we all agree on that. And Stephen Kennedy says, the result was the most important thing yesterday, but it has to be said, we're miles away from how we played last season. Where has the intensity gone? I just think we had a bad we had a bad start of the season because of the fixture list. It was difficult, Stephen. And had that Liverpool game gone the way it should have gone and not a freak result, would we all have been saying that had we been nine points now sitting yeah. up there in the top? In the top, it, it was that ten minutes at the end of the Liverpool game yeah. that really changed everybody's way of thinking. And and I do believe that had we got one point or three points against Liverpool. We would have gone into the Brighton game on a completely different mindset. I think I think the lads were hung over from that Liverpool game. Uh, it's so difficult to pick yourself back up. If, if you've played any kind of competitive football, so difficult to pick yourself back up after a result like that. It's, it's a proper kick in the nuts, that Liverpool game. And I just think we're still, we still really suffered. I think we really, really suffered. Spenny wants to know, would you go for... Would you, would you stick with Pope or put Dubravka in? Um, and this is something that's been brought up in the past. I mean... For me, I, I would, I still personally would prefer to have another keeper in rather than Dubravka because I do think he spoiled himself by going to Manchester United. I don't think he made it clear why he went. He's, you know, he made a big fuss about it being a bigger club. He then never got a game and had to come back with his tail between his legs. Now, I, I liked Dubravka. I liked him when he was, you know, when he was our number one. I really did. Um, but I, I don't understand really why we've had to bring him back. I think he'll move on at some point. Um, but I don't think there's much wrong with Carriers. I, I genuinely don't. I, I, I would have rewarded a bit of loyalty, really, with, with Carriers. That, that would be mine. But Pope's, Pope's number one. He is my number one. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Dubravka in the first team. That's my answer, Stu. I'm with you all the way. Uh, I think Pope's done more than enough to justify he's the number one. And... Again, with Mitch, oh, sorry, Steve, it was you who said the Liverpool game, I think it's had a knock-on effect. And I think more importantly, because it was Liverpool as well. Uh, and we know that there's a bit of, especially if you look at last season when we played down there, how, how the game finished. And it was more really, really important that we beat them. And then when you throw the game away like we did, of course, it's going to hurt. And... Pope made the mistake against Liverpool at home. That's what you missed the cup final for. And, and then you, you play them again. And irrespect of what anyone says, we dominated that game for 70 minutes, 80 minutes even. We've got caught 
out of naivety two sucker punches uh, and that was only because we were trying to go and get the second goal to kill the game but to me yesterday showed that they learned not to do that in, in the scene they gave out but uh, I, thought, I thought Pope was, was good yesterday I think he commanded his box uh, Paul McBurn, he, I think he's, he loves crosses he, he's, he's confident <laughs> he, he takes it well uh, he releases the ball well Yes, he's not the best with his feet, but how many goalkeepers have we seen good with the feet that these passes and get played into trouble? If if the, if you've got a team that's pressing properly, as as we can do, then you don't want to keep her doing that. You want the keeper who's going to cut the press out, and that's it. Get him doing his job. I think the clean shoot yesterday will do him the world of good, and the defence as well. They look secure as a unit. Uh, give or take a few isolated incidents in the first half hour and, and, and I think Pope's a big part of that I, I think he knows especially with Shaw and Botman I think they, they've, they're comfortable with him uh, and this, the understanding he's got you can see with Trippier he always, they're, they're well drilled they always get, when he's got the ball Pope's got the ball they all move to create space for him and give him more than one option and it's when he hasn't got more than one option and he, he has to try and do something off the, off the bat. That's when he gets himself into trouble. But that's what the press is about, isn't it? So that's that's why we we scream at the TV over at the match, scream at the pitch, press them. Because if you press, you, you cause mistakes. You, you create errors on, from the opposition. Uh, and just sometimes he's been caught out. But he's won us far more points than he's going to lose us. And, uh, and I'm really happy with Nick Pope being our number one goalkeeper. Thoughts on, on the goalkeeper situation? I mean, I, I, I don't see a reason to bring Dubravka in. Um, Pope's, one, Pope's a number one, quite clearly. I think it's changes for changes' sake. Um, I'm, I, for one, you're just talking about Pope, Pope's kicking. I'm not convinced with Dubravka's either, to be fair. Yeah. So I, I don't see don't see what the benefit is in that change. It's changes for changes' sake. Again, we're overanalyzing. Yeah. We're looking at looking at things through a microscope when we should be looking through just using our own eyes and seeing the bigger picture. Um if you if you start to make changes for changes' sakes, that's when the wheels come off. Okay, there's a question from Anthony Stobart, um, which he sent uh, last week. Um he says, Hi, I hope you're well. Here's a possible out there question. What about changing Elgin Gardens into an additional fan zone? It's unused space and it could flourish. It also has a roof. Stu? Possibility. There's got to be a few areas, but then you think of Elden Garden, would you want people who are doing the shopping, you know, and you get like a few hundred people coming out full of drinking that into a shopping centre? I don't think that's really, uh, I not see that getting approved. I mean, I understand the, the reasoning behind the question, as behind the statement, but I think there's better places than Elden Garden, but this is why they're, they're doing the stack which will be temporary. You can tell by the design of it, it's temporary, which should, if you read between the lines, give us a bit more excitement that if it's only going to be temporary, that's because there's changes going to be made elsewhere around the stadium. Uh, and I, I think that'll be that'll be announced pretty soon once they get the planning permission that they need to extend the stadium. Mitch? If, if Elton Gardens somewhere have not been for a long, long time, well, that's somewhere that's struggling for retail and commercial space to be filled, I'm sure they would welcome any discussion from the club into doing something with them. Uh, but it, it like you rightly say, is that comes with um, the other side of that sword. Do you want everybody 
pegging out into a shopping centre just before the match starts full of drink. Not always the best combination. Um, I can't see the, the police of the city council being terribly happy with that. Um, particularly when there's so many other places to drink nearby. Yeah, uh, no and, I, and I think that's the the next thing is is I think if if there's already been potential objections to the stack, I think anything in that location would be even more. Uh, I think you're then definitely treading on people's turf, as it were, uh, and that's going to go down like a wasp in a spacesuit with some. <laughs> so I think it's. I think we stick to the 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 notion that this is a temporary fan zone, and hopefully there is a much bigger plan to come down the line. Okay. We, um, yeah, go on, Sue. That's interesting. We know what still is capable of from the, the boulevard in Riyadh. Oh. Uh, to me, even the plan with the stack, it looked like makeshift, just temporary, but they'll, they'll jazz it up as much as they can. I'm sure they'll have a much bigger plan further down the line that will like, we'll have the wow factor. And and that'll give us something as a city to be proud of. Yeah. Okay, uh, guys. Do you think there'll be a backlash from Milan getting booed against Inter? Not sure whether that was a good result just before we played them. Still can't wait though. So yeah, we we play Inter Milan, um, AC Milan, sorry, on Tuesday night in the uh, Champions League. Um, they didn't have the best of results. Um, they would have had to have played, you know, more or less the strongest team for for a Milan derby. Uh, didn't do them much good. Um, are we going to be walking in? Are we going to be walking into the lion's den and they're going to be like a wounded animal? Or are they? do you think that's going to knock their confidence, Stu? I'd rather have got beat 5 1 than 1 5 1 against Inter Milan, that's for sure. Yeah, me uh, too. It could be, to me, I think it's a fantastic result. The, the confidence will be knocked and they'll be scared to make a mistake. And I, I can see uh, Eddie Howe picking a team accordingly. There'll be a lot of pace up front. You know, so you, I, I think Miggy's going to start. Uh, I think he, I think Miggy will start on, on Tuesday. I think Gordon will retain his place, but go back on the left. And I think he's going to start up front. And he won't get many th forward lanes faster than those three. And, and if they're trying to build their confidence and they're, they're buzzing around like wasps in the bottle, that's the last thing they need. And, and that'll create the errors. And that's when you have the midfield. I think Tenali will play. I, I think... Longstaff will be rested because uh, he put so much shift in yesterday and he is just getting these back. Uh, he, he emptied his time on someone else's the way the way the, the shift he put in yesterday, to be fair to him. Um, I, I think we're going to go high tempo, high energy. And us winning and them losing like that, I think, I think it swings the, the game very much in our favour. Remember when there was a time when St James's Park sometimes was wasn't the best place for us to play. The crowd would get edgy after 10, 15 minutes if no could happen. And teams had a, a habit of coming and breaking losing streaks at St James's Park. And yeah, striker hasn't scored in seven games, always at St James's Park and he gets two. You know, um it this could be AC Milan's moment like that. We get on top of them in the first 15 minutes. I suspect that's a crowd that could turn. That's a crowd that's there for the turning. Um, just being humped 5-1 at home off your, 
local rivals and then you're into the Champions League against the you know the, the team probably nobody wanted to draw a pot for let's be brutally honest everybody would have looked at pot four and said don't want them because they've seen what we can do and I think this is a crowd that could be there for the turn and if we got on top early you're right though I'll be walking into a wounded tiger or a fish in a barrel we'll, I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait to find out how they respond to this result, um, not being over dramatic for Milan, but it, it could make a break that season. You know, mm. if, if they they would say, we come away safe from this San Siro with, we get an early goal, get on top, and then pinch another one when they're pressing on late on, they're going to be at rock bottom. And that crowd could drive that, because I mean, I've been in crowds in James's Park. I haven't helped the team. <laughs> well, God, when we were down, we were down. Um, and I think there's every every chance that the San Siro could be laid out on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Imagine Charlie Pearson scores. Oh. What, what oh an, uh, they've just been up and he comes with his new team. Uh, get, get the tiny violins out. We're all ready with them. Big pitch will help us. We'll be able to exploit it. We keep tight at the back, whack them on the break. I'm so I'm not so com I'm very confident that we'll win this on Tuesday. Then it'll rock Europe, make them all sit up and watch. And who's this team? We call it. <laughs> Everyone's welcome to Spanish House. It's a ton ahead. You get two glasses of gin, same price as the keys. Aidy says. <laughs> And Andrew's not very happy. He's second bottom of the Super 6. He thinks he's stick to knitting. Uh, Sam, he says, do you think a Macam can spell Milan? Um, and Alan says, uh, think how we would feel if it had been Macam's doing that here. Uh, question for the chaps. Have you ever seen a Macam in Milan? Definitely not. And uh, AC Milan were dreadful last night. Derek says, uh, why does the club allow the season ticket holder to pass on their ticket as long as the season ticket holder names a list of three people and supplies ID? Because that's up to the well, it's up to the club what to do. Um, that's what they've decided to do, and we can't really do anything about it. Um, is is the answer to that question? Would you start Tonali on Tuesday night, Stu? Says Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely, you'll know their you'll know their quirks. You'll know a lot of their players, uh, and I think he'll go back there, and I think he'll run the game. I really do. I, I can see him having. He'll have so much to prove. Uh, and he'll be full of adrenaline and he'll utilise it in the right way. Where because of what they've just done, they'll make man mark him. I can see them having a player sent off. Uh, if the referee does his job properly, I can see Milan getting a player sent off and, and we scamping away to a nice 3 1 win. But Tonali will stop for me for sure. Andy Zach? Aye, Andy Zach. Tonali and Zach. Mitch, Tonali. Quite why reason why they were both sat on the bench and stayed there at the weekend. They weren't needed. We secured the three points. They're fully fit for Tuesday. Thank you very much. It, the story's written for Tonali. And for Botman, yeah. remember. I remember they were crowing that they had signed him ahead of us yeah. not so long ago. You know, we, we, we've got a couple of players who would go to Milan and genuinely knock on the door and say, hi, do you remember me? <laughs> um, so... It, it's it's a story that writes itself. 
course it is. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting one, uh, and that is you know it, it's just something to look forward to. And I think the Champions League. I've noticed a lot of these pundits, Stu, over the course of the last, you know, couple of weeks have said Newcastle will find this difficult. You know, the pressure's on. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to find it easy, as easy as last season. But when Eddie Howe was asked about it in the press conference on um, on Friday, he was talking about it as, as as a trip on a plane. You know, he was he wasn't that particularly bothered about you know the the games themselves. He's looking forward to the the fixtures and. I got the impression from Callum Wilson as well. I love the fact that they're all in tune with what the gaffer says. So Callum Wilson was interviewed yesterday and he said, you know, they were, they were, they were saying, has it been easy preparing for this game? Have you been looking ahead to Milan? He went, no, no, we're just focused on the Brentford game. You know, we'll analyse this. We'll look, we'll look at what, what was right and what was wrong in this game. And then we'll, then we'll start preparing for Milan. So, he's, you know, he's got the team so well drilled. And I think as well, I think just, you know, the fact that he's not even looking at it as a, a competition between, you know, Newcastle, Milan, Paris Saint-Germain and Dortmund. He's simply saying, well, it's just another game. It's 11 against 11 and we'll go in and give it our best shot. I think that's a great way, a great way of dealing with it. It is. And I'm sure Callum Wilson was just focused on Brentford because I'd be very surprised if he starts against Milan. You've got to think of the players that we've seen uh, since uh, Eddie Howe's coming to uh, be the manager. You've got the Trippiers, Tenali's, Bruno's, Botman, Isaac. They've all signed for these games. Do you know what I mean? They're all game players and they've signed for that purpose. And I, I honestly think we're going to thrive. And we'll be tired. Anyone who takes us lately and thinks, oh, well, they're pop four team, you know, they're just some like Slovakian League Cup winner. Let them let them find out. We went two to two with the, if you look at Liverpool and Man City, yes, they're not the best results we got, but take it the last season as well as this season, we went two to two of them and weren't embarrassed. Uh, and Man City are the best team in Europe. And what's the, the beat us what two nil last year, one nil this year. We drew three three when really we could have won it. We're getting better and better. And if we're if we're a goal behind Man City, that could us two or three goals up ahead of everyone else. I've got no problem with us going to AC Milan, really. They'll they'll have a lot of trepidation about us turning up than than us going there. We'll go there. We'll enjoy it. The the lads, as you've just mentioned, Steve, will know exactly what they need to do. Uh, I think already most of them will know what position they're playing in and, and everything else and how they're going to play it. And it's, uh, it's the earlier kickoff as well, so more we'll get more people watching us than than normally around Europe in the Middle East. I'm talking about because it's. Uh, over here, it's a 7.45 kickoff, 45 in, in Dubai, depends on the timeline. So it's not like it's a midnight kickoff as, as the later ones are. So th this is where we're going to have an opportunity to, to go out on a big stage. And I think the team talk will do itself. Just go out and enjoy yourselves, lads. Just go and have some fun. And this, keep to the basics, keep to what you know. And seriously, I can just think we'll, we'll dominate the midfield. They've, the reason I think that Miguel plays is, is a Leo there, left back. I think that's his name. He's very, very fast. Uh, he's a good player as well. So I think Miggy is willing to do the graft and chase him back. We'll nullify their strengths and I, and I think our team's better than this. And that's not just because they got beat 5-1, but as I said it on an earlier programme, the fourth best team in the Premier League should be better than the fourth best team in the Italian League. And, and I think we'll prove that throughout this group. 
Yeah, I would agree. The Milan game is 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 something we can look forward to, as as is Paris and Germain and Borussia Dortmund. But I'm just saying, Mitch, it's the way that Eddie not nullifies this, but he just it's just another game, and that that you know you can hear it in Wilson. You can hear it with Wilson when he was interviewed yesterday after the match that you know they do literally follow his mantra of one game at a time. Yeah, it's an extra, it's a little bit further to go than it would be getting the getting the train to London or getting the flight to London. It's a little bit further, but we'll prepare exactly the same way. We're a football team, and at the end of the day, it's a game of football. Well, I think that that's something else that he's done. He's taking advantage of the the rule about when we travel and yeah. we're not travelling and training the day before in the San Siro. We're just going to turn up on the day and go to the match as we would normally. Yeah, and he's keeping everything normal. And I think that's important. He's, he's sort of saying, well, this isn't anything out the ordinary. It's another game. It's my next game. And I think that's absolutely the way to, to, to think about it. Uh, looking forward particularly for Tuesday night because we've got Robbie Elliott joining the Dubai Mags this week before the Milan game. He's doing a little bit of a, a talk in and a chat with her before the, the game kicks off. So that should be fun. Um, bringing a feet real, something different to the, the Dubai Mags and you know, ramping it up for Europe and that's the way it should be. Uh, Tom Dixon says, who do you think Milan's main threat's going to be on Tuesday? The the left-back I mentioned, is it Leo or something like that he's called? Uh, or Theo, Theo, I, don't, I can't remember. Hernandez, basically, that's mm-hmm. him. Uh, he's, he's, he's very, very quick and that's just to reiterate what I've just said. That's yeah. why I think he's because he's got the pace, he can run back with him and just be a body in the way. And if if that's the main threat, we'll, we'll have it covered. And it's it's good for us. We'll have someone with you. You know how like Trippier's sitting there. If he does advance too far, he'll be able to show him the. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm more confident about beating Leicester than I was about beating Brentford, and I thought we'd be Brentford for do. So <laughs> I honestly believe we'll, we'll we'll win comfortably on on uh, Tuesday. Maybe Rafa- two over. I, I honestly think. Rafael Leo, uh, Steve. Uh, that's who must be that you're uh, you're referring to. Ferry Hill Mag says his mad dog allowed in the technical area in the Champions League. I think so, but they seem to be dovetailing quite nicely, and they, they seem to be uh, able to have that chat anyway. I don't think that laws uh, works particularly well. Yeah, biggest threat on Tuesday. I I, I think it's ourselves, Mitch. Yeah. I think well, you just I, take I, the word out of your mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Complacency. You know, yeah. being or being like a rabbit, or, or being like a rabbit in the headlights. One of one of those two things could could affect it. But I think if we if we go in with a the professional attitude that we've got, um, and 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 have had since Eddie Howe came in, I I I, I believe we can get a result on Tuesday. It's interesting to mention both Giroud and Lukaku, who were both in their time very good Premier League strikers, but this isn't the nineties when. We would get their players at the end of their careers getting their swan song. It's the other way around now. When you're coming across some of the Italian strikers, they're the ones who've had that time in the Premier League. We come across better than those two week in, week out in the Premier League. If we didn't, they'd still be playing in the Premier League. And you've got to doubt Romelu Lukaku's mental application when you see how he's been passed from pillar to post because he's really just there to pick his wages up, no matter where he is. 
Um, I think Giroud was a, a different beast. I think he still has a bit of desire and passion. But I also, um, yeah, actually, I don't, I don't know whether he's carrying an injury or not. So for me, like you've just said, our own biggest enemy could just be ourselves if we get a little bit starstruck and sort of realise what we're doing in the middle of it. Um, I think that's why Eddie wants to keep everything as normal as possible. Yeah, but Mitch mentioned there the Trippier, Tenali, Isaac, Bruno, um, Botman. Go, that's it. a simple team talk. Guys, you are big game players. This is a big game. Go and express yourselves. Yeah. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't get it, let it play your head. Go and be yourself. Show that you guys deserve to be in the Champions League. You are Champions League standards. Go and prove it today. And I think the, if you have the everything else, as long as it's controlled, I, I think we can have massive performance from from Newcastle on Tuesday. Uh, is this kickoff thing something to do with what we were discussing the other night, Mitch, on the Amigos? Is it down to global audiences and, and yes. times? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're discussing it's on Friday, isn't the, it? It's, it's about maximising audiences and splitting the games up so you don't have too many games running at the same time. Um, and because that's what the broadcasters want. The broadcasters, there's a hierarchy. Um, this is something I discussed with Joe Morrison a couple of years ago, uh, um, who used to do NUFC TV, and he does a load of stuff out here in the Middle East. And he's a, we'd go for a coffee every now and again and catch up and uh, about how basically the broadcasters have got data that say when, say, Liverpool play Man City. There's exponentially more viewers than, say, um, Man United versus Crystal Palace, who have exponentially more viewers than, say, Brentford against Crystal Palace. That game yesterday, Mitch. Um, Fulham, hmm? versus, Fulham played Luton yesterday. That would add. Yeah, very exactly. And so, what the broadcasters want is to maximise the, the games they can broadcast, which are like, you know, Barcelona against uh, Bayern Munich or Dortmund against PSG. They want to maximise the games like that they can broadcast to catch as much audience as possible. And the way to do that is to split the kickoff times up. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to see how it works out. And that's why there's this change to the new system for Champions League for next year, this mad Swiss chess system, which... It then gives you more of those big teams versus big teams games and also benefits the big teams because they can afford to lose the odd one and they won't necessarily get knocked out early. So to, for the broadcasters, it's win-win. Yeah, it is. I'm going to get your predictions. Uh, just to let you know, I am doing uh, Talk TV with Sagas 7.40 tonight. Uh, I've stuck the uh, the channel up um, on the uh, comments there. If you want to uh, follow it, there you go. It's on Sky 522, Virgin Media 606, Freeview 237, Freesat 217, and Apple TV, Fire TV, Samsung TV 4316. Uh, well worth a watch that programme, even when I'm not on it, because it's two hours of football crack with Sagas, who I, I always say is probably one of the best in the business. And uh, he's on Talk TV not a channel I watch a great deal, I've got to be honest, but I do like to watch Sagas on a Sunday. I think he gets some great guests on and talks a lot of sense. And he's certainly, um, you know, all for the fans. And just a reminder, I have pinned it in the chat, um, our retro channel, um, courtesy of me dad, 
who has worked his way through a lot of games, um, transferred them from videotape to MP4. We're loading a lot of these games on another YouTube channel that we've got. Uh, so if you get yourself over to NUFC Matters Backup channel, uh, we've just, some absolute classics from 1991 to 93, some great games, and there's some full games. And one of my mates gave us a, a set of discs, and my dad's managed to get the stuff off there. So we're just sticking them up. They're all free. Um, get yourself on there if you like to watch uh, a little bit of retro. Um, we're sticking a load of stuff over there. So, Stu, uh, give us your predictions, please, because I'm going to have to go off and do my hair before I get on this big TV network. I've already bet 3-1, and just as you were giving the build-up there, I've just put a separate bet on Newcastle at 25-1 to to win 3-0. OK, what about you, Mitch? AC Milan 0, Eddie Howe's Shithouse Mags 2. OK, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win as well. I think Newcastle's going to win this game. I'm very confident about it. Of course, we will have the fans forum tomorrow night, uh, 6-7. Uh, Tuesday will be the Premier League show. And uh, Wednesday night will be Jordy said Jordy's there, although Jordy said Jordy's there will be pre-recorded. But lads, as always, great to spend a Sunday night with you. Well done as well after your uh, monumental session over the weekend, uh, putting in a, a, a quality performance as always, lads. That's why you're called the professionals. Uh, Stu, <laughs> Stu, Mitch, take care, lads. See you soon. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.